0: Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. I'm Caroline. So there was a recent comment left on the Facebook fan page for Stuff Mom Never Told You, which if you aren't a fan yet, you should do that right now. Stop listening to this podcast, go to Facebook. (laughs) Um, but this, we have to quote this comment because it relates a lot to what we're talking about Mm -hmm. today. And this is from a guy named Morgan and he says, okay, I've been wondering for a while, do you guys use a different voice when you're making the show? I've heard hints and glimmers of a Southern accent, but I think I speak for all of us when I say you should do one podcast. In your natural voices. <laughs> so, Caroline, stop! Stop with your kooky voice. I know. Your i know. Show I'll, voice. I'll finally let it out. Does it sound better? I am from Georgia. Hey, y'all! I'm Kristen. I'm, Welcome to the podcast. I'm gonna
1: pop my teeth out real
0: quick. <laughs> um, yeah, we just thought it was kind of funny when, yeah. we, when we read it because it it is. This is this is my natural voice, Caroline. This is mine. Yeah, this is how we sound. Sorry to. I hope this doesn't ruin the magic for anyone. Yeah, if
1: you if you catch the occasional flat vowel for me, it's because my dad is from Michigan, and I actually did just vacation in Michigan not too long ago, so I might have brought some back with me. You bring a <laughs> little know. bit of a little bit of Michigan. But yeah, spice. this is this is what I sound like. I don't try to. I don't try to sound breathy <laughs> <laughs> or anything like that.
0: Yeah, I'm from. I'm born and raised in the South, and mm-hmm. people when I go out of town. Typically can't guess where I'm from? Yeah, me too. And it's kind of kind of a g- fun game we can play. Yeah. It's like, where are you from? Uh, the the best response I got once was uh someone guessed I was from New Mexico. It <laughs> was is so <laughs> random. Exactly. It was the only place they could guess that had no identifiable accent. Huh. Uh but my southern accent certainly slips out every now and then. But while we're not focusing so much on accents today, it did seem to fit into the fact that we're talking about vocal differences mm-hmm. Between men and women, uh, cause I, I'd wondered for a while why men have deeper voices than women mm-hmm.
1: typically. And not surprisingly, it goes back to anatomy. Right. Um, it actually, we've, we've sort of talked about the differences in men and women, um, in development, development wise, when we talked about the height, Mm -hmm. in the height episode, about how men take a little bit longer to develop during puberty, and so that lets them get taller, Mm -hmm. stronger. Um, it's kind of the same thing at work as far as vocal quality and vocal pitch, too, because men, uh, In puberty, they have all this testosterone floating around, Mm -hmm. and that actually helps the larynx, the voice box, what we think of as the Adam's apple, to grow larger than it does in women. So we don't necessarily, most of us ladies, don't have a big larynx hanging out. You have a a protruding Adam's apple voice box. Yeah, it just means that
0: men tend to develop more thyroid cartilage, mm-hmm. and that's
1: all that an Adam's ah. apple is. is <laughs> I don't like thinking about cartilage in my throat. Wasn't it described as a shield, a cartilage shield? Yeah, there's like a shield-shaped bit of cartilage around your neck, and the front portion is what the or is the Adam's apple. I'm looking at a
0: diagram right now of, of the larynx because I'm, mm. a, I'm a visual learner, mm-hmm. and the voice box is quite a complicated set of muscles and tissues and flaps there's a fatty pad yes the epiglottis <laughs> which is the key the key flap that opens and closes officially it is a fibromuscular tube which extends from the base of the skull to the esophagus and it's part of the pharynx and it's nestled between the throat where the food goes down and the trachea which is your air pipe
1: Right, and we have the vocal cords, or folds, as as they are also called, uh, that are situated in the middle of the larynx. And as we breathe in, certain muscles open and close really quickly, which allows for pressure changes that create sound. Mm-hmm. And some of those flaps around there also keep you from inhaling broccoli, and they failed one day <laughs> while I was at lunch. So now I have a broccoli plant growing in my lungs. Oh, no. Yeah, I don't think it's changed the way I sound, though.
0: <laughs> it has changed the way you smell. <laughs> Um, So we'll go in a little bit more into uh, the how how that vocal cord structure affects voices, because as we'll learn, the tension of and length of vocal cords will determine how you sound, whether you sound like this or like this. Correct,
1: Kristen. (laughs) And men, men have longer Thicker vocal cords. <laughs> I'm doing a terrible job of that. Um, which I makes, the, like it though. which makes their, their voices deeper. Yes.
0: So let's just go over some, just some basic differences mm-hmm. between male and female voices. This is coming, a lot of this is coming from the Netherlands Graduate School of Linguistics. And for starters, obviously, female pitch typically higher. The mm-hmm. average pitch for a woman's voice is 180 to 220 hertz, compared to a male average pitch, which is 100 to 125 hertz. But while women's voices also will deepen with puberty, it's only it's like what an octave.
1: It's like half above. an octave for women. Yeah. That it decreases, and uh, men. Their voices drop one octave really suddenly. And when you hear boys' uh, voices cracking mm-hmm. and they get all embarrassed, that's actually just their larynx trying to adjust to its new size.
0: And just in terms of overall voice quality descriptions, women tend to have more breathiness, a higher pitch, and larger vowel space. Uh... We enunciate more clearly. Yeah. We tend to.
1: Uh, whereas men have more creak and tension in their voice. Right. And creak. Creaky voice is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, that's what they used to describe someone who, uh, uh has more of that going on. <laughs> so one thing that, that really
0: stood out to me with all of this, um, with all of this vocal research that we did is what an incredible, uh, relationship there is between this anatomy that we don't even see, mm-hmm. this complicated
1: larynx structure. All that cartilage stuff down in your throat. Yeah.
0: And, so many gender stereotypes that come out of it because we infer so much
1: information about someone... Based on what they sound like. Right. Kristen, did you mention before we even started recording that some listeners thought that you and Molly were both blonde yeah. based on how you sounded? Exactly. We, we infer people's gender, their, uh, their
0: race, their socioeconomic class, their height, their height, their, where they come from, whether they're hot, their personalities, yeah. all of these things. And a lot of this would
1: come under the umbrella category of long-term speech features. Right. That's how we just naturally talk when we're not putting on uh some fake accent or silly voices or anything. Mm-hmm. I can um I can do a silly voice and that would be a short-term vocal quality. And sometimes, you know, maybe if I'm like Marilyn Monroe or Kim Kardashian with those breathy voices, I might be doing it to try to make you think about me in a certain way, like, "Hello, Kristen." And I'd be like, Carolyn, why are you coming on to me? I know, right? You'd automatically assume I was coming on to you and that I was super feminine and sexy <laughs> if you couldn't see me. Um, but a long-term vocal quality is is just how I'm speaking right now. Mm-hmm. And one long-term vocal quality that
0: we really wanted to focus on, again, was that deeper voice we associate with men. Uh, because the question was, are deeper voices more
1: attractive? because right. we have
0: this kind of cultural association with the deep uh, manly
1: voice <laughs> lumberjack yes yes um actually and study after study found that this was true this assumption um they had women listen to recordings of men speaking mm-hmm. and the men with the deeper voices were considered were assumed to be uh taller stronger more attractive and with hairy chests yeah, I, yeah. Don't, I don't know why we thought of like the brawny man when when a guy has a deep voice. And of course, it's not—it's obviously not true for everybody. You know, deep voices come in all sorts of different packages, but. That is the assumption. Exactly.
0: And this is coming from a study by, uh, called Men's Voices and Women's Choices by a researcher named Sarah Collins. And, uh, if we go to another study or actually a series of studies by David Putts, who is an anthropologist who's now at Penn State who has studied the evolution of sexual dimorphism, including vocal traits. He, he found similar. He came to similar conclusions in a study that he did where he, uh, recruited all of these male college students to come in and just talk about themselves. And he recorded, recorded them talking about themselves. And then he tinkered with their pitches so that some would be higher than, than as they actually speak and some lower. And then he had women come in and listen to the recordings and they had to rate which one, which one of these guys they would most like to have one night stands with mm-hmm. just quick, uh, quick flings and lo and behold, always the deeper
1: voices, especially when women were ovulating. Yeah. What is it about us in the ovulation? We just got. We need them taller, stronger, and with deeper voices, <laughs> with deeper apparently, voice. when we're ovulating. Uh, and he wanted to know why deeper voices might be
0: more innately attractive. And he thinks that it might be because it advertises testosterone levels. Because kind of like with uh, the height discussion that we had uh, a couple weeks ago, Caroline, because the testosterone influences that vocal cord development and deepens the voice.
1: Right. And it was funny. I was reading... um there was an NPR transcript. They did an interview with with David Putz and um as an evolutionary psychologist at UC Santa Barbara. And David Putz actually started doing this research when he was at Michigan State, mm-hmm. I believe. And he was inspired to do it because he was at the mall and heard these teenage boys all of a sudden talking in these really deep, macho voices. And he turned around to see what was going on, and there was a pretty lady with an earshot. And he thought, oh. well, they're trying to impress her. And But why? Why is the deep voice automatically something that they go to? To try to get a woman's attention, I guess to be a tough guy or something.
0: Well, maybe it has to do with, and this is, this came up in that, uh, the study, men's voices and women's choices, but maybe it has something to do with the peak shift effect. Mm -hmm. You don't even have to see that person, that, that woman in the mall Mm -hmm. wouldn't necessarily have to see those teenage boys talking like that if they could master the deep (laughs) voices. They could possibly trigger this peak shift effect, which causes stronger responses to stimuli that are at the extremes of certain categories. So, for instance, as a woman, Mm -hmm. my voice and other female voices are at a higher pitch. Mm -hmm. So at the other end of that um, vocal distribution, we have a very deep voice, Mm -hmm. many (laughs) octaves below mine. Mm-hmm. And the peak shift effect would say that I would just automatically hear a deeper voice and be drawn to it.
1: Cause it's so different from yours. Exactly. Right. Um, it's interesting reading about the reactions that, uh, these, uh, women judges had in some of these vocal studies, mm-hmm. because, you know, we've talked a little bit about how they were attracted to these guys with the deeper voices, but, um, they thought that men with a higher pitch were smaller, thinner, slower, I don't even know what, why slower, I I don't even, less persuasive and more nervous. Uh huh. And actually both men and women with higher pitch were thought to be less competent overall, less honest and less persuasive. And the thing was, I think you, you've already mentioned this, Caroline, but there was
0: like none of these correlations held up. None of these assumptions that the women had about deeper voices and physicality held up except for their weight. Right. But just because, you know, you hear a deep voice certainly does not imply from this study that, that there's chest hair <laughs> under that T-shirt or that they're any taller or bigger or stronger. Right. And it's just kind of, it, it was kind of interesting to see how just an auditory cue can produce, you know, this, all of a sudden this Ken doll in right. our, our brain.
1: Well, it's I mean, it's true for women too, uh, for, for male judges judging how women speak. um, If you were a woman in the study of Dutch listeners and you had a deep voice, Mm -hmm. they thought of you as large, relaxed, arrogant, masculine, and insensitive. But while we place
0: men and women at opposite ends of the vocal spectrum with with women expected to have these higher pitch, higher frequency voices and men having the lower, deeper uh, frequencies, when it comes to voices that we find attractive, while... Deeper voices tend to be more attractive in men. Kind of deeper voices, or breathy deeper voices, Mm -hmm. tend to
1: be more sexually attractive in women. Right. Uh, Back to that NPR uh, transcript I was looking at earlier. Um, They use the example of Jessica Rabbit Mm -hmm. from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. She's voiced by Kathleen Turner, who I think is just fabulous. Romancing the Stone is one of my favorite movies. (laughs) But Kathleen Turner has a very, not only a, a Deep voice deeper than normal for your average woman, but it's it's very breathy too. Right, and that's just really you have lazy vocal cords. Yes, I hate to (laughs) I hate to to break it to you. Well, I'll I'll, I'll massage that language. It comes from air
0: whistling through a gap at the back of the vocal cords, and women actually have larger vocal cord Mm -hmm. gaps, so we do tend to speak with a little more breath. Mm -hmm. Um, but Harvard psychologist David Feinberg attributes this breathy feminine sexiness uh to accentuating that natural feminine trait. Basically, um broadcasting those gaps in our vocal cords. <laughs> hey, I'm a sexy lady. Look at my I've Hi. got I've
1: got really gappy vocal cords. Right. Can you hear that? And we- <laughs> <laughs> and we read uh, we read about uh, studies, vocal studies, kind of like the ones we've already talked about, but that were done for uh, gay men. Mm-hmm. And people jumped to the conclusion that some of the men speaking were gay based on the fact that they thought they spoke in a more feminine way, not mm-hmm. necessarily just like a woman or anything. Right. But some of the vocal characteristics, the were phonetic, more feminine. the phonetic variation. Right.
0: And linguistic parlance uh yeah the the study refers to the spectral skewness of the s consonant that is uniquely associated with perceived sexual orientation and it seems like these kind of um like vocal stereotypes that we attribute to the glbt community are extensions of those vocal stereotypes we saw in that study of uh heterosexual women listening to men speaking and assuming mm-hmm. that they had the chest hair and all of that We've Again and again, we are attributing all of these these traits to people based on how our our larynx is
1: constructed. Right. I mean, and, you know, they the researchers do point out in some of these studies that, uh, you know, why are we making these assumptions? And mm-hmm. a lot of it could have to do with, you know, movies. TV, radio that we, right. we, we see someone presented as very masculine or very feminine and sort of just assume that the way they talk is representative of all these different kinds of people. And of
0: course, there, there's a lot of interaction between your environment and how you speak um, in in one of the studies, the, the one that was talking about um, how we make assumptions about sexual orientation based on. Vocalizations, some think that speech differences might be learned socially conventional ways of speaking right you know when I am hanging out with a with a southern crew, especially mm-hmm. it reminds me of a in um if if i if I watch my mom is a big fan of SEC football uh-huh. college football, and if I'm watching a college football <laughs> game with my mother who is quite a rabid fan. I tend as as the closer we get to the fourth quarter,
1: <laughs> I mean it comes out, you know, a little yeah, bit yeah. more. Gosh,
0: that, get her done. Yeah, the, my uh, my 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 southern accent comes comes out of the closet a little bit more.
1: Yeah, it's just it's the same way when I'm with my dad in Michigan. Yeah, neither one of us really has any sort of accent when we're in Georgia, but like the closer it gets to going on vacation up in the mitten, <laughs> the uh, the, the flat the flatter his vowels get. Yeah, don't mess with the mitten.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now you know how to make that. Don't mess with the mitten. <laughs> sound far more menacing caroline Ooh, how you want to exert some some dominance if i if i from the you know the lower portion of the united states mm-hmm. and am, am uh pointing the finger at your at your mitten hey what have you <laughs> you should maybe lower your your vocal register oh exert more dominance with hey, your voice yeah don't, don't mess
1: with the mitten is that well, I mean you're looking at me you know I'm not a serious person. <laughs> I'm I'm terrified. The
0: point I'm trying to make of course is that um we've talked about deeper voices signaling sexual attraction, but deeper voices especially in men are a signal even among men to each mm-hmm. other of dominance.
1: Right? They even men are more likely to rape other dudes with deep voices as more mm-hmm. dominant. Although it did talk kind of about how men who rate themselves as dominant are less likely to rate other men as dominant. I don't know. It might be competition or <laughs> it something. Might, it might be a little complicated. Yeah.
0: Um. But while the, the deeper voices is an auditory signal of dominance mm-hmm. for women, the threat among other women comes with highly feminine voices. And it might have something to do with, with some research from Susan Hughes at Albright college who found that both men and women with sexy voices also tend to be more symmetrical and have traditionally sexy body types. So it might be an auditory thing, reinforcing the visual of, Oh wow. Not only are you just bonkers attractive, (laughs) you have an incredible voice, right? It could be
1: hormonal, right? She talked about like if, if hormones are more able to give you a, curvy hourglass Mm -hmm. shape maybe they also give you a sexy jessica rabbit voice perhaps i don't know if that sounded accurate at all
0: and another fun fact from susan hughes uh people with attractive voices seem to have more sex partners over their lifetimes right hormones i mean who knew
1: that your voice box has such a profound impact i know it helps me at karaoke i don't know (laughs) what people think of me when i'm just talking i haven't heard you sing yet
0: We'll have to have a special, a special (laughs) musical episode. episode. So we've covered a ton of studies Mm -hmm. and a lot of different aspects of voice, how our voices develop and how people perceive us based on our voice. So what do you think? What do you think, Caroline? Is what's the takeaway from all of this? I think the
1: takeaway is that people are judging McJudgersteins (laughs) and that they are going to judge that you are a certain way because of the way you sound. Mm -hmm. If they haven't seen you or interacted with you, but it. You know, just because you have a deep voice doesn't mean you're six, five and a football player. And if you have with a hairy chest, um, but you know, if you have a high pitch voice, it doesn't mean you're weak or slow or, you know, any of those things either.
0: Yeah. Maybe it's another, another way to keep us cognizant of the gender stereotypes that we just automatically might make just knee jerk judgment. And
1: I think one major thing to take away is that, uh, this is really how I speak. It is. Yes. And this is, and this is how I speak as well. Unless I'm watching football with my mother or hanging out in Michigan,
0: whatever. (laughs) Yeah. I think, uh, one, one final vocal anecdote. I think that the, um, the most striking difference between a voice that I heard and the, the physicality that I built up in my mind of how that person looked Mm -hmm. and how that person actually looks in real life. Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air on Mm -hmm. NPR, which I love. If yeah. I could somehow hire Terry Gross to read to me every night, <laughs> I would do it i love I love her voice doesn't i some people don't like it, but i I really enjoy her voice and the first time I saw a picture of it just it did not match up at all um for some I imagine her with his these long curls for some reason, and she <laughs> has uh pretty much a crew cut so anyway, it was just uh that's my that's my voice story, yeah. So now, now I would like to invite listeners to write in thinking, uh, or explaining to us whether our voices match our, <laughs> our faces on, uh, on Facebook.
1: Yeah, we've got our picture up there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Judge us. We we just uh, our message takeaway message was don't judge, and now we're asking to to be judged. Well,
1: no, I mean, but don't judge us in a mean way. Obviously, <laughs> we we just can't. We're sensitive people. We can't handle it.
0: Yeah, we can handle it.
1: <laughs> don't mess with the mitten. Exactly.
0: <laughs> well, again, uh, if you have any thoughts, to send our way on voices. Email us It's momstuff at howstuffworks dot com, and we've got an email here to read that ties in with actually a number of episodes, but it's in response to
1: our episode on women's intuition right Sydney writes a couple of weeks ago a friend told me that since I started on estrogen I'm the male to female transsexual former Freemason who emailed last year I have grown some empathy whereas he had previously insisted that I utterly lacked it oh now I hear your podcast on empathy and intuition I'm entertained at the notion that he's clearly wrong, which I had already asserted on the grounds that I feel I was empathetic before. But part of me hopes that not too many people hear this and lose the superstition that I now have the benefit of these internal enhancements. Winky face. (laughs) And you've got me wondering about some of the other mental and emotional changes I've associated with the estrogen therapy. How How much of it is all in my head and how much is, well, actually in my head?
0: Yeah, I, I think that uh, at some point we need to do an episode dedicated just to testosterone one just to estrogen because they come up so All the much. wonky things they do. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, again, if you have an email to send our way, Stuff at How Stuff works is the address to direct it to. You can also find us on Facebook. Head over there, if anything, to see what we look like.
1: Yeah. See <laughs> um, yeah. if our voices match our picture. Yeah. Uh, and follow us on
0: Twitter as well at Mom Stuff Podcast. And then you can check out our blog during the week. It's Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. <laughs> Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join HowStuffWorks staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The HowStuffWorks iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes.